Welcome to the IoT podcast powered by Paratus People. Be among the first to find out what's happening in the fascinating and growing world of IoT from the industry leaders themselves. Welcome to the IoT podcast show. I'm your host, Tom White. Today, we're joined by Rob Van Cranenberg. Rob is the founder of the IoT Council and is considered to be one of the most influential thought leaders in the IoT space. Rob, thank you very much for joining the show today. It's a pleasure to have you on. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you. You're very welcome. Um, Rob, obviously, I, I know the IoT Council and uh, I've been a member for, for about a year and a half now. I think I was just I think I was with the 500th member, actually. But um, could you explain a little bit about your background uh, in IoT and, and what made you start the IoT Council? Yes. Well, uh, my background is, is a bit irregular, I think, com- compared to most work people working in IT because they don't have really a technical background. Actually, it's quite different as in, in literature and languages. Right. And um, and so in the 80s and 90s, we sort of we, we, we saw the, the Internet coming as the backbone. Then we saw the web. I started making websites. And then around 2000, um, I was working in a program on media literacy and I found this conference. And it said, iCube, Intelligent Information Interfaces, Building Tomorrow Today. It was a conference in Jönköping in, in Sweden. And I went there. And that was the first time that I heard about ambient intelligence and ubiquitous computing and pervasive computing and the disappearing computer. And it was, it was three, 400 people there. It was ethnographers, designers, architects, engineers, computer scientists, a massively interesting bunch. But they all seemed to believe um, that that um, that we would see kind of a world sort of which in their mind infused with technology so that they were they were already envisaging some kind of a layer over everything basically uh, so that this notion of the digital twin little bit that we have now they already had that in their heads very sort of in a very early form and I was simply shocked because because I was all of a sudden dropped in this environment of, of of people, this community of people that had been basically working on these ideas for 50 years in basic automation, very, very below the radar, very back-end, very automation type of, of thinking. And now they were sort of ready to come to the front. So they were, they, they basically had outfitted everything with sensors in the back-end and they were now sort of spilling it over into the real world. So they were showing all kinds of demos of smart environments and smart desks and smart fridges, which we had then also a lot, a lot of smart uh, environments. To me, that was just incredibly new and also incredibly scary because I felt that, that if such a digital twin of the world was going to be built, it needed to be built with a lot more stakeholders. Than, than, than the people who had been doing this prior to this, because they'd been optimizing very specific environments where, with very specific tasks, and now they were going to optimize life, sort of as it, as it were. And well, I can recall that the first years about after that, I was quite shocked. And, um, and, I, and then I was quite upset and, and, and thought, well, this cannot be just built with companies and corporates. Citizens have to be involved. And so um, I started reading and writing about it. And, and about then, 10 years later, 2009, 2010, 
I thought let's sort of set up a kind of very informal think tank type of, of group um, where um, experts and people who, who um, are, are working on this on their own, because lots of people are finding all these things on their own, can sort of um, come together and share information. So that's it. That's how it started, basically, and still is. Very below the radar kind of informal sharing of information between uh, people who are now involved in in building this kind of um, huge um, smart environment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think um, for me, it's uh, it's really interesting to see such a cross section of, of people in in the council. Um, and, and as a recording, I obviously referred someone to you last week. Someone I think that would be really useful for the for the for the group and to and to share ideas both in an informal informal way but also from commercial context as well because i know a lot of a lot of deals get done as well right so um yeah i think and 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 certainly interesting with your background uh, you know most people that i speak to either you know uh in my day-to-day or within the podcast certainly have come from a technical background so it's nice to see that you come at this from a slightly different angle um and uh and that's good because i think in my humble opinion if the iot industry is to grow as as much as is really it's forecast to then we're going to need other people from other backgrounds in order to be able to work on this and to cross train and to provide solutions be that from a technical standpoint or not um so uh yeah it's good to see um rob obviously we're 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 seeing a lot of trends about where iot is heading um i'd be really keen to understand from your point of view where you think uh, IoT is, is going to be um, growing in, in certain areas and what we expect to see in the next decade as a really um, kind of prevalent solution um, in, in your eyes? Yeah, well, I think, um, so I think in, in order to, sort of to, to understand sort of what it is, IoT, I think uh, you, can, you can picture it as, as, um, as, as the merging of four separate networks. So we have the body area network where you have all your wearables and um, all the things close to the body. So you have all this information about health and and then you have the local area network, which is the home where you have the smart home. And that's where we see we saw a lot of activity in the cameras and the nests and the thermostats and trying to make this entire home into some kind of convenience, kind of a model of convenience. And then there's the the wide area network, which is the connected car, which is the car and, and traf- transport and traffic. And, and then you have the very wide area network, which is the smart city. So basically, you have the body, the home, the car and the city. And um, so what we'll be seeing is we'll see we'll see more growth in any of all of these areas. And so doing IoT is, is you see that you either sort of you, you, you're going to be very focused on, on, on one of them on a specific offering in any of these areas. But um, other people are focusing on links in between. So for example, what Google has been doing from very early on is they they had um, all kinds of apparatus for the body that would then link into the nest so that the home would know how you feel. They have a car and they're in all the automotive associations. So the car sort of is then also sharing the data from the home and and, um, and, and the body space. And then of course, they've been investing in any library in the world and every every open data initiative from, 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 not, from their existence with Google Org. So, so um, 
so it's basically three main areas either you're kind of focusing on one of the one of the areas wearables home connected cars or, or smart city applications or you're focusing on being the glue in between where you reap all the rewards of interconnecting the data and offering good a good dashboard to your clients or you're providing the connectivity and 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 so we'll see growth in 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 all these three main domains of offerings i would say sort of we see growth in types of connectivity on the ground with LoRa. i think in the uk there's an 80 million um 80 million um uh, kind of um, a project started recently with uh, with providing LoRa uh, sort of um, across the UK and uh, sort of across England, um, uh, an alliance that st started that, and um, and then we see lots of satellite sort of sort of work. So we see things happening on the ground. We see things happening on satellites, um, and then there's of course there's this 5G that's been talked about that's supposed to give a massive push to uh, faster uh, downloads of all kinds of applications to finally kickstart um, VR and AR in real life, all this massive, if it, if it, if it really gets off the ground, sort of uh, all of that. So it, it looks like it's kind of, um, it's, it's, it's very difficult to say that, that something is inevitable or that something will happen because we see, we, especially with things like COVID, we see all these, these unknowns. But it seems that even the unknowns are supporting sort of remote applications and remote is exactly what is supporting COVID now is support sort of it seems that this idea of 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 creating a world in which every object, every person, every situation somehow has some kind of um, ghost or twin in a database and and you, either as a person or as a script or as a as an actor of some kind, are able to to talk and interact with either the real person or in real time the digital replication or twin of that person or object. That that is something that um, that is that is happening now, and it's very difficult to find arguments sort of why it will not happen. So. Sort of, we had these arguments like energy requirements, sort of. But we, there's a lot of work on on battery, a lot of work on 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 electric, a lot of work on um, on finding other types of 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 people, sort of um, um, finding making their own energy with movement and all of these things. Sort of, it's not it's not sort of foreseen that that is energy requirements, which which is going to hold hold these these things. Mm -hmm. It's also not foreseen, I would say, that, that we have different generations that think radically different. I think if we look at gen the generations sort of active now, seems that they're very capable of moving on between all these environments. They're not really calling for going back to analog. I mean, there's some analog, but it's not really as if they are that they're saying we don't want this. We we want a different. Seems like everybody is sort of. Um, working with with all the applications, so it looks like it's, it's here to stay, and and um, that's also what we see, I think, in, in the investments that are being made. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and I think you know it's widely heralded that 
IoT is going to touch pretty much every industry, right? And there's certainly industries that are um, more at the forefront of solutions, as you've spoken about, especially with LoRa, MB, uh, other carriers, Sigfox, for instance, um, industrial use cases. Um, do you think there'll be any industries that, you know, may may not subscribe to some sort of IoT initiative or might be um, slightly latecomers to joining an IoT uh, based solution for their business? What what businesses do you think that may be sort of, you know, a little bit behind some of the others that we see at the moment, Rob? Well, I think um, especially with what we've been seeing lately with, with the enormous amount of, um, of hacking activity and all, all these things, sort of it, Sort of security and cybersecurity is is a paramount uh, is, is, is a paramount factor of deciding sort of what you're going to put online and what not. So what we will see and what we are seeing seeing uh, more and more is these kind of going back to these old SCADA standalone uh, solutions where people actually close off at least at least build very strong walls between between the activity that they that they have and um and, uh, and 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 the internet but that doesn't i mean that doesn't mean that that this that they are not kind of digital or iot type of of solutions it's just that that um that they are um building let's say smaller intranets sort of smaller intranets that are not completely connected um but i would say that it's quite inconceivable that any type of industrial activity, of industrious activity of people, will be able to be exempt or to escape from from this need to to interact. Mm. Sort of, it's kind of what we've been seeing with um, the success of open source. Sort of, that's one parallel, I would say, with this entire need for connectivity. If if you keep um, if you if you if you build very small very small or focused niche uh, solutions that are closed, um, then then you'll find that you either your clients sort of they well you need to find a very very dedicated client sort of that, that but it's not but kind of open source is really is really eat it ate the world in, in in that respect and that's because people understand that in order to survive. Um, you have to be part of an ecosystem. You have to have. You have to partner up. You have to. And you cannot partner up if you if you if you have very different type of uh, operating systems or very very closed um, ways of working because then then you can't really share. Mm -hmm. So, I would say, I mean, if you would ever look now at the situation, I think you would you would say more things like. What on earth have we done in the past 100, 150 years? How is it possible that we've built these kind of standalone armies of companies of 400,000, 500,000 people that, that sort of acted like big armies that created these brands that basically nobody cares about? We just want appliances that work. I just want a fridge that's sort of doing what it's supposed to do. I don't care what, what name is on it. Sort of, I'm not really interested in sort of what is what a what kind of brand it is or, or how it sort of it should simply sort of do its job and so um i think iot and the large ecosystems and the partnering and simply going down to the offering of what the appliances should do is actually showing that 
this is the the normal situation of where you have this kind of cooperation and co-opetition where uh, of course I have competitors but they're we're competing on niche kind of offerings but we're not going to compete on 80 percent of sort of building the things like how the Germans are now doing automotive and all the big car manufacturers are using the same the same building blocks uh, and the same nobody's going to build its own um, fully owned see the share people are sharing their 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 um, a lot of their um, hardware and hardware innovation Uh, and then and then at some point i mean you're going to you're going to really perfect your own specific offering and um so i think it's it's all i mean it's really showing that that um that is not actually this situation which is which is um kind of um which 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 is kind of strange it's actually strange how how from the industrial revolution sort of we we went into these we 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 sort of spend so much energy in in um uh, people doing doing the same things and and um um and not working together sort of not cooperating from the start and so i would say it's it this is what is happening now is actually quite tuned to um to how industrial activity should should work in a way yeah 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 thank you rob yeah i think I think you're right. I mean, it, 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 most industries are going to combine together and use IoT as a platform. And, and I like your analogy to open source, right? There was a big move to open source 20, 30 years ago. Um, um, and unless I think there was a specific defense related type project or something whereby it's done in a silo, uh, it's probably hard to see, isn't it, that why businesses wouldn't want to adopt We'll certainly look into strategies around IoT and IoT initiatives. Um, I mean, given obviously the councils, I think last count was about 552 members uh, from various different fields, both seed stage businesses up to enterprise uh, companies. Um, what would be your advice for people wanting to implement IoT into their business for the first time, be that um, a corporate body? or even an initial startup business? What what are the key take-homes that someone would want to bear in mind when starting this out? Well, I think, I think sort of, it, it, there's a lot of sort of waves that we've seen. And, and, and sort of, if you would have asked this question, um, sort of, let's say a decade before, things are moving extremely fast. Um, I would, we would see that a lot of people, a lot of like industries and a lot of companies would develop in-house solutions and they would, they would sort of look at what they have now, and then they would look at how all of that what they have now would look in some kind of digital form or offering. And then it would then they would they would look at how, how do we get there. They weren't actually looking at what would my offering look like a few years from now if this whole environment is going virtual or digital, because that means that you, you you may have to offer something that's that's quite different from what you're sort of think that you need to replicate now in this digital or virtual form because mm. that maybe not sort of and as people were thinking along those lines then 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 the key the key bit became became storage and 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 sort of because because then what do you do with all are you going to also have that in house and sort of like that so and that was the moment for the for the big let's say cloud providers to 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 basically 
to to, to rise like like uh, like um, uh, like the time. I mean, it's like it's tremendous. Uh, so when you look when you look at the situation now, is is very much um, is very much the cloud providers are going to determine a lot of what you're actually going to do if you want to start now, sort of doing all that. And um, but we're also nearing a little bit. It looks like the end of that big wave because people also realize that that if you would go to these to these giants like the Azures or the Amazons or the Adi sort of Babas or sort of all of those, um, and if you go to them, you're not really sure what you're doing. Then then sort of within a few years, they will actually tell you what to do because they because because your your entire operation will be datafied to such an extent in the formats that are being offered. There's nothing wrong with this, it's just reality sort of like that. That um, the the sort of the wisdom that comes from that and, and the idea of 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 and um, sort of then the analytics and the algorithms that are that are not coming from you but they're coming from them, sort of on a, in a kind of horizontal way, showing you a kind of way forward. Um, is is the, you're becoming a kind of you'll you'll be tight in that in that ecosystem sort of very much um and um so it's very much if you would start now it, it is you might as well ask what do i want really do i want to live actually sort of do, do i want to have this company and um and and um do what do i want with it my, myself because all all the all the expertise and skills that you've that you've had to build it so far are now being sort of have to be matched with some generic and horizontal skills that you don't have. So who are you yeah. going to trust in order to to sort of to do that? So um, and then I think from what we see is that 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 if you go with one of these big ones that you may not exist in, in, in three to five years anymore, and especially not in the form in which you are now, but you may not even exist at all because you'll be taken up in a kind of general offering in some kind of a, in some kind of solution, some kind of a solution. So the old question 10 years ago is, am I going to make my product smart or is somebody else going to do it for me? And it is, is, is now already passed basically, I would say. And if you're, if it if you really if you really have to ask this question now, you're in a lot of trouble. I mean, sort of if if it's only now that you actually realize that 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 this is all that this is happening, then either you've had a very very niche offering with a very dedicated uh, group of people sort of uh, buying that. But um, but then, as we sort of at the end of this wave of of let's say big cloud um, people are now beginning to understand that um, you can also be more clever and sort of ask yourself okay so what are the essential points from which my from which my data grows and where the value is so where's the value coming from all of that data and so how can I how can I actually protect what I actually 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 offer that nobody else has which is my specific value adding sort of moment and then you can protect that you can protect you can try to protect that 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 specific position of of where that data grows into the value that really no one has that you can have 
And this becomes more possible because if you're able to to um, identify, let's say, these hotspots of where this value is that you need to want to protect, um, then you can actually um, much more easily nowadays um, make these hotspots real in a sense that then instead of thinking about putting everything on the cloud, you sort of build smaller clouds, which we can call the edge, which people are calling the edge. So you can do a lot more analytics. You can do a lot more meaning very, very close to these sources. Um, because um, if you if you build, um, if you move those sources to, to more, um, uh, to um, architectures, where you embed a lot of basically architectures on 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 chips, where you where you where you um, um, you can actually um, do a lot more of of all of that that somebody else was doing for you. You can do it more closely, and so we see a lot of companies uh, with a lot of domain expertise moving into these into these areas where they where they where they go to the edge. Where actually you decide this is what I need to protect, and then you. You go from an analog or a, an environment that's already a little bit um, digital, and you turn that digital environment into uh, a new environment where you basically, uh, from the chip onwards, start uh, start building every every new layer on that chip. Um, so and you, so then you basically, I mean, then you have to then you have to secure these well. Um, but it's, yeah, it's all becoming more um, tailored, I would say. Uh, yeah. Sort of. Um, yeah. So I realize this sounds a little very abstract in a way, but, but, um, yeah, but yeah, but I think I think that's that's what's happening, sort of. Um, yeah. Well, I, I completely agree. You know, it's. Um, it's really adopting everything and and everyone and every industry. Um, and you know, if I'd have asked you that question, let alone ten years ago, five years ago, it might it might still have had a slightly different answer, right? Um, and I think um, you know, given given the possibilities moving forward, it really is endless. Um, yeah. You know, just very briefly, Rob. Yeah. So my final my final question to you today. Um, obviously, we talk about endless possibilities here, endless things that we can achieve with IoT. You know, what is the one thing that you're really looking forward to moving forward that IoT can bring something that you're really excited by uh, that you could share with our listeners well, I think um, that's that's also the reason why I'm I'm sort of um, why I'm so interested in, in in this and that's and this is about quality decision making that's what it is mm. that's what IoT to me is um, and so it's we're moving the, the kind of the decision making onto a layer where we say, look, it's not going to be. You, you don't have to trust me for my blue eyes. You don't have to trust me because I have I, I, I have a hundred million. Uh, you don't have to trust me because I'm a king, I'm rich, or whatever. Sort of like um, uh, sort of we go to a certain domain and there's some kind of agreement on what's quality information, and what's not, and then we try to to um, to build that layer with as much as objectively. Uh, identifiable data points, and of course, there's always going to be there's always going to be discussion because we can say, well, you're measuring wind, and so why would you measure wind? And blah blah blah. You're measuring this, you're measuring that. 
but let's say we're measuring lots of points and i would say i would say we can come to a certain agreement saying look we've been measuring we've been measuring these things now can we decide for a little while that we call this reality for a while and that's that's how we're going to move forward so we're not going to move forward because i hit you on the head harder than you hit me and we're not going to move forward because I got a, a billion dollars and you haven't. We're going to move forward on the basis of this transparent kind of relationship. That's to me the reason why we should have uh, have all of this in in everything. And so what I'm basically working on is is trying to get that level of um, quality decision making uh, in politics, sort of in in because that's really this, the thing that that is bugging me for. Um, for quite some time now, and that's also what it sort of why I sort of interested at the moment so very much in in identity and digital identity identity solutions and self sovereign identity type of situations, which I think is going to be quite big, not just for people but also for objects. So it's it's the whole yeah. this whole notion of identification is is going to be paramount. But the key for me is is that um, how on earth are we now in a situation where where any and every industrial activity um, is now becoming uh, quite loose from this moment of, let's say, ego or money or all of that sort of like. When you go to your clients, when you when you talk about it, having certain solutions, um, and you say you say things like, um, I think I think we should do it because uh, because I think it's best. It's not going to work. It's not you're not going to you're not going to sell their solution. You got to you got to prove it to a certain point. So what I find really um, um, what I find really uh, important is to to get across that that the kind of transparency that we have in industrial systems is the kind of transparency that we should have in any form of decision making, yeah. and that's that's kind of the thing that that is now I think I find very worrying, especially with all the things going on there in politics. We have a situation in which we basically pay taxes to. Um, to, to systems and to people in these systems that are organized in parties. These parties are being paid by the system because sort of like, so it's a kind of a strange situation where, where of course these parties would uphold this model of let's say representative democracy to a certain extent. And um, so we are in a situation where the, the most important form of, of decision-making is something that we as people outsource to in one vote every four years. Imagine I would go to a connected car developer and I would say, I would like you to give me one input every four years. And and I will I will sort of base all the decision making sort of like, or with, I, will, I will provide some algorithms and I just need one input every four years. It's not gonna work. We need real time situations and real time input. And that's also what we need in, in these bigger forms of decision making that should not be exempt uh, from that. Yeah. And so that's what I like about IoT. I think it's what we what we see and what we will see is that um, we will get a lot more fairness, a lot more objective objectivity, a lot more transparency, a lot more. You provide good services, of course I will pay for these good services. Um, of, of course I will, but I will not pay for bad services, and I will not pay for no service. I'm sorry. So like all of these things that we find really normal and natural. Um, in in the way that um, that we do, so that the people are doing business and industry is working, I think will spill over into these larger forms of decision making. Again, sort of 
it's it's um, uh, only in a positive way. So I don't want to add any negativity to all the negativity around. They'll be insane because it's like it's just sort of it, it, there's no need for that. So I see all of that happening. So I'm very positive that um, that uh, what we what we are seeing now in lots of political developments is the last the last sort of the last kind of dying breath of 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 these old systems trying to still act as if they um, they can sort of act with respectability and with some kind of a decency and 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 basically through their actions they're showing that it's that, that that's not the case so so instead of um, instead of in the old days you would have to put energy in trying to remove them and um, and then come with new things. We don't have to do that now. We just have to continue yeah. doing, doing, building good services on all these layers of, of what, we're, what we're doing. And then we'll gradually basically overtake this entire field. And that's what I really like about it. So also the, the also these, these notions and discussion about control, not control. I mean, um, to me, they're not really relevant in the sense that Let's keep all the cameras. Let's keep all this tracking, all this tracing and, 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 and tracking of everything, basically. It's not a problem in itself, as long as the data coming from that are basically open to, to anyone or to new forms of governance. And um, I'm seeing a lot of work in the direction of these new forms of governance. We're seeing it in finance with blockchain type of solutions that, that, are, that are happening. And of course, Bitcoin is now up front of that, but blockchain is underneath and sort of it's it's spilling over. We see it in um, in um, in the field of uh, of insurance and sort of all of that is where a lot more different type of delegated decision making sort of is, is going on uh, in the fintech business. So everywhere um, is happening, and uh, so I think um, it's it's it's. It's not the notion of we're, we're building control systems. No, we're, we're building systems actually to base very good decisions on. And um, I think that will that will show through uh, in the coming years that uh, that um, more people will see that um, it's not the connectivity itself it's that, that's an issue. It's the quality of decision making coming from that. And, um, so in, in that case, I'm very positive. Yeah. Rob, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate all your insights into this. Um, it's been it's been great talking to you, and um, we wish you you know the very best in growing the IoT Council and everything that you're looking to do there. And uh, stay tuned to the podcast and and listen to, to further releases as and when they come out. But we really appreciate your time. Thank you for coming on. Well, thank you for having me and have a, a great Christmas and fantastic 2021. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Rob. Thank you. Thank you for listening and be sure to subscribe for more episodes in the IoT podcast, the leading podcast among the IoT community.